Hello everyone, it is Tom, and I would like to once again welcome you to the RPG Academy Show and Tell. Show and Tell is the show where we bring on cool guests to talk about something cool that they're working on, and today's cool guests are none other than Satine Phoenix and Jameson Stone. And the cool thing that we're going to be talking about is Sirens Battle of the Bards, a new 5e campaign setting that uh, may or may not include, yes, you guessed it, Bards. What, okay. gave, what gave it away? There are Bards, I know, right? there are bards in so, this book? Wait a second. <laughs> I, I I guess you guys are promising bards. All right, that is that's our bard. Okay. <laughs> At least one cool. bard. At least one bard will be featured in this book. That that we can guarantee. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that one bard then. So <laughs> before we really get rolling, uh, Satine and Jameson, I guess we'll go ahead and let's start with Jameson then. Tell us a little bit about yourself all right and how do you fit into this world of rpgs then absolutely yeah so again my name is jameson stone i'm the founder and ceo of apotheosis studios uh we love games make games um and um, I, I've been a creative writer, a published author, uh, uh, I'm a graphic novelist as well. Um, I started playing games, gosh, as early as I can remember. I remember my stepdad bringing home uh, the Super Nintendo, or the Nintendo, uh, the original Nintendo when I was like four or five or something. Um, and after that, man, it just, it was all downhill. No, I mean, all uphill. It was great. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, and so um, uh, one of the things that I really like about TTRPGs, and I started playing that in, in, in grade school, is, is video games. I, I, I'm, I love, love, love video games, but uh, TTRPGs. RPGs really bring people together where they can actually be collaborative in their play. And I enjoy playing MOBAs too, and that's a you know five on five, and so very collaborative, you know, team team-based um, game. But gosh, there's there's just nothing, nothing for me at least better than that feeling of having your party, of everyone sitting around a table or on a Zoom call and working together to achieve a goal. And that goal can just be having fun, which I really appreciate of your guys' tagline of if you're having fun, you're doing it right. And so I think that that really plays into, for me at least, the beauty of TTRPGs. That's that's awesome. Yeah, there is definitely something to be said. It's cool to make art, um, but it's really cool to do it with your friends. Yeah. So, and that's why I mean, tabletop RPGs. I consider it when you're sitting down with your table at your table, you're making a story. That's art, and so it's super cool. So awesome, uh, Satine. All right, so you do so much stuff. All right, and the uh, so much stuff. So, but how, how can you like? Who is Satine Phoenix? Can you like boil that down? Who are you in the world of RPGs? Oh man, the Good answer is no. I can't <laughs> I boil say, it okay. down. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, so lay it on us. Lay it on us. Um, well, I'm the former community manager of Dungeons and Dragons, and I've been live streaming before there was live streaming. I even did a web series about 13 years ago. It was the I created the D and D group or like headquarters in Hollywood at Meltdown Comics. I did that for about six years, and then D and D came swooping in, and I was like, I want to do a live stream. Yes. So I started a production company back then, and then ended up doing Sirens. And also, I've been going to cons forever. So you know, I'm a comic book artist. I'm an, a nonfiction writer, and I've written some stuff for the DMs Guild, but. Um, yeah, I started with comics, doing conventions that way, and then I just like went to all the TTRPG conventions and really fell in love with the community. So, you know, I learned a lot by doing those, and then I went global. So right now, well, I guess not right now, but <laughs> when I was able to, um, I travel the world, going to different countries, and bring the community in each country together so that they can do podcasts and live streams and make books and just really get to know one another. So I am a Renaissance person. I am an actress and a, and all of it. I do all the things. 
And now with my husband, um, we're making a campaign book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's super cool. It's super cool. Like everything that you've done, all the different experiences. I still remember because I got into D&D and tabletop RPGs with the 5e craze. I never <laughs> liked any of that before. And I still actively remember when you came on as the community manager for Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like that just <laughs> took off. That's so awesome. now that's yeah. super cool. Uh, also, it's super cool that you guys get to do this stuff together. This is all we do is play, 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 play. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, but now you, you 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 play and you do all this cool stuff together, but you're also making something together. Yeah. All right. And this is Sirens, the... The Battle of the Bards, this new Kickstarter. So I want one of you all to, could you, who's the best at giving the elevator pitch? Oh, he is. For, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> Jameson, we have to know. What is the elevator here we go. Pitch? <laughs> she threw you right under the bus. Okay, <laughs> so what's the elevator pitch then for Siren's Battle of the Bards? So Siren's Battle of the Bards is a fifth edition campaign setting set in the fantastic city of Silvata. Um, we wanted to create an incredibly unique setting um, that was bardically inspired. Okay, what does that mean? So uh, Potheus Studios, our last project was um, a book that was called The Red Opera, and that was a, a warlock-ruled city. It was really fantastic. It was dark and it was broody. There were fiends and demons and archfey all over the place, and it was a fantastic experience. And then we said, okay, we now want to create a fantastic city, something, place that's bright and beautiful, filled with life and vibrancy. And so we created Selvata, and it's a city that is actually ruled and created by bards. Now, wherever there's that strong creative light, there's also very deep and dark shadows. And so the Emerald Cabal, and that's the antagonist of our story, they have kind of seeped in over the past 300 years of Selvata's history. And Selvata's been around for a thousand years, and I can say more about the backstory if we have time. But they have started to control and manipulate the artists of Selvata. And so our main characters are kind of thrust into this battle where they actually have to understand what are all the dynamics flowing around this artistic city? Who are the, the gods that have dominance over the city? What is Kesava, this magical oasis water that fuels the city and all of its magic? And how do they want to choose? We really believe in player agency. And so we have multiple endings for this campaign that's really dictated on how your table specifically wants to co-create the story with your GM. That's awesome. I love the whole idea of, I, I, well, first of all, I'm a huge fan of cities. Uh, ran my players through Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Yes. I love big cities, but I also love kind of multiple endings yes. of different things, which was very similar to Waterdeep Dragon Heist, the multiple different yeah. splits. So that's super cool. So I really like that. But the thing is with this, there's so much stuff in this, but so Satine, what was the, this sounds so fantastical and it sounds, it's, it's wild. What was the inspiration then? When what was the you all were sitting down? You said, "I want to make this setting." Where was take us back? What was the the precipice for this? Well, I've been doing a live stream called Sirens, and back when it was on D anD D, it was Sirens of the Realms, and I took it under my own wing, and then now it's Sirens. Um, you know, I've had this story for the last four years with my my character, who's I created when I was twelve years old, Vlanya, who's now the band manager of the Sirens. We wanted to create a book together because we knew that we love creating and we really love working together. So we're like, okay, how can we merge all these things? He wanted to do a bard book. I got a bunch of bards available. <laughs> I have a pre, you know, a pre-existing story. So we're like, okay, that story was about these specific bards and this band. Well, why don't we help other people create 
a band and be a part of Lania's spy network because she that's what she does. She gets bards and adventurers, turns them into bands, then uses them to infiltrate. And it's all about defeating evil. So it's like, yeah, we just decided this is a story we want to tell. We want to tell a story that is uplifting, that, you know, encourages cooperation, that, you know, gives the players a lot of things to, of obstacles to overcome, but in the end makes them feel like a hero. And of course, with the multiple endings, they don't always have to be the hero, but that's how it came about. And then uh, Jameson has a team. He's got an awesome team at Apotheosis Studios of writers and artists and musicians. So we have an executive team that we all came together and we're like, okay, this is the premise. This is my IP. We want to do bards. I, I'm Satine. I do GM tips. I have a lot of opinions. But also, what do you guys think? So the other artist and writer, um, uh, David Granjo is the art director and Rick Heinz is the writing director. And the four of us, we... We riffed. We what was it? we jam sessioned. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we brain da- jam sessioned and came up with this beautiful city. I'm like, well, what does it mean? What is it all about? And it's like, well, we are all bards, right? What is a bard? A bard is an artist. And what is an artist? An artist is an expert at communication and evoking emotions. So this entire city is a theme park. It's a museum. It's a celebration of art and culture. And so from there, it just moved on and and it's like, okay, well, what would be attracted to this that's really dark? Well, the Emerald Cabal already exists in the Sirens realm. They've created a beauty pyramid scheme to uh, infiltrate governments across the realms. Well, this is, this place is ripe for infiltration, plus the holy wellspring that's and the fact that it like affects their uh their the The, elixir the elixir of the gods gods. um now they have something to make their product more powerful and really infect the minds of people and i'm from los angeles right los angeles is a city of bards Beverly Hills is ridiculous. It just really is. So what do these rich, wealthy, fabulous people do? They get Botox and they get, you know, they like, I mean, I get Botox. It really doesn't say anything about that. But, you know, they like, they're really superficial and it's about like front facing. But what's behind all of that? And so what we're trying to do is show you, you know, not everything is what it seems. Uh, maybe the dark isn't as dark as it seems. Maybe the light is not as light as it seems. Uh, in this city, this 10 district vertical city we've created, we can show you all of that. How corrupt is it now that the nobles up top are siphoning the magic so that the people, the working class in the lower tiers, they just get a flicker, of a taste of it. And they have to work for the nobles. And how is that created, you know, a, a disturbance within the ranks of the city? And what did the city do? Well, they created a rebellion. And how can the rebellion put things right? And how does your party infiltrate and also be a part of that revolution? You know, it's just a little story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds awesome. Because I think there's a, we, we just, whenever anybody thinks Bard, I mean, we all, a lot of times there's that that trope of just the funny, kind of goofy kind of character who's the, the life of the party. But this sounds like it's got a lot of political intrigue and some some backstabbing. Like so Jameson, like what is so with that in mind, like Bard, that's a it's a complex. It's a, this is complex now. So for you, Satine kind of answered it for herself, but for you, what makes a Bard 
like special then? Like, why is a bard not just this the goofy character? Totally, yeah. So when I think of a bard, I, I think of an artist, someone who who uses creativity to inspire other people, and you can inspire people for good or for ill. And so, um, you can be you know a, a force of positive inspiration or a force of negative inspiration. And there's many different ways. We we we've uh, broken down some of our bard subclasses into introverted and extroverted bards. So you know, a very comedic minstrel bard, which is kind of the classic you know, classic bard, um, you know, that can be a very extroverted kind of life of the party, but we can also have introverted bards. Um, one of our bardic subclasses that we're really excited about is actually the tattoo bard. And so I, I, I love tattoos. I'm, I'm covered in tattoos. Uh, so is the team. And so we have this bard um, who is is much more of a, a like a support caster, where they will actually tattoo either permanent or even via henna. They can be temporary tattoos onto themselves or to other characters to give either passive or active benefits. Um, this also can be a really interesting NPC to have in a city where if you're a character like a paladin and maybe you want to go and do something to get an extra skill slot, something that would be a wild, 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 you know, game changing effect to go on this huge adventure to get covered in tattoos to be able to actually drastically change your to, to, to change your character and how you play the game. Um, Selvanta is the city that these artists would flock to. Uh, we have characters like uh, mathematician bards and architect bards that actually created the city to be kind of like a almost like a tuning fork to magic. Um, and so this might not be a character that a player would um, actively play in a combat role, but they could take it as a backstory or a subclass or have it be an NPC to really flesh out and give life to the world. Um, I can like talk about bards forever, so I don't want to monopolize the conversation. <laughs> no, 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 that's, no, that's awesome. Like, I love the idea of having bards that aren't just when I, like musically focused or storytelling focused. So having like the the engineer, the architecture, this the tattoo bard, that's, that's awesome. So I guess really then I wanted to ask. I'm jumping a little bit. So all right, you mentioned the tattoo bard that you really love it. So would you say is that is that your favorite one? What's your favorite bard? Can you tell us what's your favorite bard subclass here? Man, it's it's one of them. It's hard. It's hard to pick favorites. I, know. Uh, I have a favorite. Yeah, go, 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 go. I've got right, this. What's, I've been what's the favorite? Well, we've been making this for a while, so. You know, and obviously I play bard. So I went to art school for five years. I am a classically trained artist and animator. And I know that a lot of the the art that's created is created by introverts. So we created subclasses that celebrate introverts and extroverts. So we've okay. got the geometry bard. We love sacred geometry. So um, the grand architect of the city is a geometry bard. Uh, or College of Geometry, that's what it's called. Because we have a university in Salvata where you can go to school and learn this trade. But the entire city, he was saying that it's built like a tuning fork, Was it uses Metatron's cube uh, and that uh, sacred geometry to channel the energy uh, through the different disks. So uh, you've got your geography. You've got, let's see what we got here. You've got College of Anatomy. Well. Uh, the College of Anatomy. I was trying to think of all the different uh, bards that mm. you can create. You have your jewelry bard, right? Because that takes a lot of minute skills. Um, but this College of Geometry uses intelligence instead of charisma, mm -hmm. right? So you've got other skills that you can use. You don't have to do performance. Right. It doesn't have to be oh, just charisma based. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and even further, the College of Anatomy. So we have a character, Alicia Marie is the new siren, and she's playing uh, College of Anatomy. She's an aerialist. So she doesn't have to use verbal components in order to cast her spells. And she's a dex-based bard. 
you know, being able to maneuver and acrobatics her way through things. Maybe they're a belly dancer. Maybe they're a bodybuilder. You know, it's all art and it all inspires. So I can make a, so you're saying I can make a bard now where charisma is my dump stat? Like, yes okay <laughs> all right i'm yeah i'm i'm in all right so, okay so i'm one thing you said here you mentioned metatron so yes. are we getting some angels <laughs> yeah so um we're, we're looking at it from metatron's cube so i i really i love occultism and, and I, okay. I, I i i dig all that as well um i don't i don't i don't think that metatron uh that the actual character will will will, will factor into selvata um however um we kind of had tied in um, uh, the sacred geometry of Metatron's cube and the um, platonic solids as well. We've also thrown in the, the D10, just technically not not part of the list, but um, you can't really you know can't really have a have a five E game without a D10. So we've, we've thrown it in. Um, we do though. I, I, I love I love this kind of idea of kind of this this archetypal energy. And so within the city of Selvata, every hundred years they do this thing called the Grand Invocation, where they actually invoke the gods, and they could invoke a, a Metatron a Metatron type character if, if they so chose. Um, and then the Emerald Cabal is kind of come in and try to usurp that and invoke something of their own choosing, which is a little bit more nefarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we really love we love sacred geometry. Oh, that's super cool. Uh, that kind of stuff. Like, I love it so much. It's, it's always so arcane and reading into that so mysterious. Totally. It's awesome. So, all right. So creating a set uh, campaign setting in a city. All right. This sounds, correct me if I'm wrong. Does this go levels one to 20 then? Yes, or, or, no. or, or the le- answer le- is levels as in... Um... No, but you can be any tier. So we actually, the entire campaign takes place over a 10-day. So you're probably only going to go maybe five levels, but you can, okay. unless you do all 20, so that's all your DLC content, your side quests, because okay. um, that's 20 different adventures. Mm-hmm. But we kind of have it so that you're uh, leveling at milestones instead of XP which I okay. prefer personally because I want the Same. story to be enriching enough for you to be like, you learned something. Now you're going to level. Yeah. And, and now you have a place to get your spells from. You exactly. know? And, and just like we did with the Red Opera, we wanted people to be able to, if they want to make new characters, they can totally can. We suggest around tier two, but you mm-hmm. know, you could you could do a level one character if you, if you so chose. Um, but if, a lot of a lot of adventuring parties, they have, you know, favorite characters. They have long time, you know, sometimes multi-year, you know, games that they've been running with their friends and you know long-standing tables and so you can bring those characters into selvata after you wrap up a, a previous adventure maybe the red opera and then you can come <laughs> into selvata if you so chose um but that notion of being able to um have the story be epic enough that at any tier of play you will have an amazing adventure so we've actually scaled it so you can come in and be you know be level five or you can be level 15 or if you're just you know, wild and you enjoy being demigods. 25. You can be level 20 <laughs> or 25. Um, that Those games were always wild to me. I just am like watching people roll these dice and I'm just like, it blows my mind. But we have designed the setting and we have stat blocks for enemies in our encounters to accommodate those players. So, so that's that's a wide range. So how, did, how difficult was that then to make this campaign setting a city? Because when we think city, this is not a, oh, I'm, it's, it, lies in a world but it's focused on this city how do you do a satine how do you do a a campaign like this in a city like just it's it seems like you would be constrained but are you really no not at all i mean think about it when you're when you're playing in a campaign you're usually going from a location to another location and maybe it's a city to mountains to forest to the frozen north 
well, we have the city as 10 different districts and they're all on top of one another. So each district is a, uh, set on a disc held up by these statues. So say you have to go on a quest to disc eight, you're actually traveling up there as well. So you're going from one disc to another. Really, if you break down storytelling, it's you put your characters in a place, you give them an obstacle, and they overcome those obstacles, which leads to something else for them to overcome. Or they don't. Or they don't. <laughs> so and it's then, dramatic too. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, so being able to create districts that are so completely different, like I said, from Los Angeles, San Francisco, I've uh, been to a ton of, I love me- metropolitan cities because every area, you know, Hollywood is different than Santa Monica, which is different than Beverly Hills, which is different than East LA, which is different than the Valley, which is different than El Segundo. So you go to any of those places, you feel like you've entered a new city, a new area, a new realm. The weather is different. So now you enter on disc one, what if you go up to disc 10? How cold is it going to be up there? You know, with all that wind, it's what probably kind of like we're in Boulder. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mile up, probably more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and one of the things, too, which we're, we're really proud about with uh, the city of Savata, because it was built over a thousand year period, and they built a disc every 100 years. Um, it's really a, almost seen as like a generational city where the discs have evolved and the culture has evolved as it's gone higher. And each each disc is also even more rarefied. And so um, at, at first it, it was, you know, very, very kind of, um, you know, structured. And the first several discs were very solid. You think of mm-hmm. infrastructure as they went higher is much more magically influenced, much more kind of ethereal, uh, much more kind of elemental plane types magic, um, and also much more more um, restrictive of who can go there. And that then plays into some of the hierarchy um, in within the city and the noble caste, the Emerald Cabal being very exclusive. Um, our Bardic College, I think, is on disc what? Uh, seven. Seven. Yeah. And so, um, you know, normal, normal student bards who would go there have to get a special pass even to have access to that disc. Um, and this causes a lot of strife and chaos within the city. And so the rebellion that Satine had mentioned, they are really trying to reclaim a lot of that power for the, the normal people. And then, you know, the, the upper classes are, are fighting them. And then you throw in some, a couple of curveballs and chaos ensues. And it's, it's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess to answer your question, when you have a group of like-minded people who really love gaming and love storytelling, it's easy to create a story like this. Yeah. That's awesome. So I saw the, so you speak about this tiered city. I love the idea of like micro ecosystems and everything. The art is incredible. I've seen a picture of this tiered city. Blew my mind. The red opera art was, I mean, I'm a warlock fan. So that was like, that, that that, that checked the boxes. But the art for this is fantastic. What are we going to see here? here, here, here. This, oh, is our, this is our press proof, actually, for, of, the for our, of the Red Opera for our <sighs> Warlock book. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we, we love really, I mean, we're, we're collectors, so we, we enjoy just like fun, awesome books. As and, you can see behind yeah, us. Behind us. You can see we that. like to collect stuff. Shelf, so. <laughs> That's yeah. a gorgeous book. Yes, it's nice. Yeah, and so <clears throat> Sirens Battle of the Bards would be very similar. Uh, it has a picture of Lanya on the front, so it'll of course be more beautiful than this bloody warlock. Oh, but, I think so. um, <laughs> but we we had a we had a lot of fun. Um, we had a lot of fun doing the art, and 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 David Granger, our art director. 
He's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah. Carlos Ansario, uh, he's one of our lead artists as well. He's, he's just, our grand architect. He, he's our grand architect. <laughs> so he, he built, so the, the, the city of Yonkoth from the Shadelands in the Warlock book um, is its own city. And so um, kind of to answer your question too, we have actually there two dual cities and they are fighting each other. And so one of the ways as storytellers where we're able to have an entire campaign set within a city, we make the city incredibly diverse. And we have multiple factions within the city vying for control, not only of the area, but usually over some sort of arcane power that has been dispersed throughout the city as well. And so we're able to take, even though that you know the geographic footprint may only be several miles, there's a, so many people and enough happening. And you take you know some portals and some planes and you go into some different dimensions okay. as well. Um, you're able to actually have an incredibly diverse experience. Okay, now we're talking portals, planes. All right, this is this is sounding cool. So we've there's a there's a lot involved with this Kickstarter. I mean, it's got awesome art, but you all have some other amazing collaborators. It's it's not just a this is not just a book. This is a I don't know how to describe what you all are making. There is it is it is a, a fully immersive experience, gaming experience. experience yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so can you talk a bit a little bit more about some of the collaborators that you're bringing on and what they're helping you with this Kickstarter? Yeah, we've got we have about 15 different writers mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. There's a woman that I've been really wanting to work with for a very long time. She worked on Vampire the Masquerade and many, uh, many, many other games that I'm sure this we all know and love. Uh, Monica Valentinelli. And we brought her on and, you know, just we have this writer's room and all of us get to collaborate and cooperate and put ideas in this idea bin. And it's just like this beautiful bouquet of, of, of creativity. And, and that's just been really cool. We also have Deborah Ann Wall and Chris Funk from the Decemberists. They're doing side quests. So we have these, you know, our, our amazing writers who are like locked down on like the core of the story. And we also have these amazing celebrity writers who are going to be on, I think maybe, you know, uh, nerdarchy. So uh, yep. they're going to be doing a side quest also. So, you know, it's, it's really beautiful to have all these different perspectives from people with all these different backgrounds and experiences to be able to, create something really awesome like this but also we're in quarantine so we've actually partnered with other vtts so that you're not you don't just get a pdf um, maps and a book you also can get uh, foundry vtt roll 20 fantasy grounds or shard and you can play this virtually with your friends and even further than that we're partnered with uh, sirenscape so we have adventure sound packs for every disc um, so that you can really wear the world and be immersed in it. The Dungeon Master screen that we have is the beautiful city of Salvata and the people that inhabit it. So that when you're sitting at the table, you can feel it. Like you can see them with your eyes. Um, you know, like I said, I travel the world and play in the most amazing places. Well, we can't travel right now. So we're able to create something to bring all the wonder to you and your friends. Yeah, yeah. That's so there's a lot to digest there, but a few things first <laughs> off. All right. All right. You hold on. You have soundscapes for every level. Yeah. yeah. So each, each, each disc of our, of our 10 discs, they, they each have their own soundscape. And that, that includes um, ambient music for background music. We have um, uh, different um, kind of bardic music for our taverns. Uh, each chapter have its, has its own theme. The city itself has its own theme song. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we, we really leaned into this just fully immersive gameplay. 
That's yeah. I recently, uh, probably about last year, I started really incorporating music and ambient noise into my games, and they just—I don't know if my players are getting a lot out of it, but I am yeah. loving it. Like <laughs> it makes me—I'm sitting there at the table. I'm like, it just makes me as a game master just feel more like I'm. It, just, it sounds cool. It's it's awesome. I love so, it. So, oh yeah, it's it's so great. Uh, the you all also. So does this? You you mentioned themes. You also say there's going to be a full soundtrack then mm-hmm. by jason charles miller right oh yeah so I, so jason okay. charles miller is one of the contributing artists uh we also um are, are working we have a, a couple of in-house excuse me in-house musicians as well uh tyler borgen is, is is our lead composer for the project but we are really honored to have jason uh to to be um you know one of our one of our artists and he recorded um it was so funny. We, uh, the, the three of us, uh, Satine, uh, Jason, and myself, we re- uh, did wrote the lyrics, and then uh, Satine actually sang for our Kickstarter video, which people can go and, and listen to right now um, at thebardbook.com. Um, and that was one of the songs that, that that Jason worked on. Yeah, yeah, that was so much fun because he's a siren, and man, when he makes, he'll make music on like while we're just hanging out, and um, it, it was so incredible. We've been friends for about 11 years. This is the first time we've worked together on something. And he just knocked it out of the park. I'm yeah. so impressed. He it's, made me sound real good. It's, it, it, for me, and I, I, again, I... I, I, I am artist. I, I, I manage artists. I basically just enable them to, to do more art. But when, when you are dealing with someone who's a true, true, true artist, and Jason's just such a fantastic musician, yeah. and to feel music like flow out of him is is awesome. Um, and and I, 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 I'm a writer, so that's kind of my medium. So I'm, I'm very comfortable and used to that. And I, I work a lot with visual artists like David Granger and our art team. So I'm used to that. Um, and when I do music with uh, Taylor, our musician, um, it, you know, it, it's fantastic. And, and working with Jason, it's just, you can see a bard in action and he, it just, yes. it's like, he just breathes it. He can't it's help it. It's in his veins. Yeah. He yeah. like, it's his aura is just music yeah. notes. Yeah. And so we really <laughs> want to lean into that for this bard book of, of giving artists a way to shine. It doesn't have to be, you know, musical art, um, but any, any, any art form and to be able to weave a story around that of how can we play artists within this TTRPG setting and also have it be combat oriented. I, I, I enjoy battle. And so to be able to also have it have multiple uses within, you know, within an epic campaign. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure we talk Battle of the Bards. I'm sure there's you all have thought about it and have done it. I, I'm not I'm not saying anything new here, but just the whole idea of doing like a Battle of the Bands where it's like actual fighting just sounds so <laughs> like it sounds so cool. Well, we're doing that. So um, we have a lot like we're just really creative people. We can't yeah, even can't help, help it. it. <laughs> so we've got uh, launch day. We have the uh, the two hour game, and then we have sirens, and we have uh, six episodes of sirens throughout the month of May. And on my birthday, May twenty second, which is the end of our Kickstarter, we have seven different games going. I'm dungeon oh, mastering wow. all of them. It's an epic. Yeah, it's an epic, and it's also battle of the bands. So it's all of them, and but it was really. Hmm, I don't like PvP. I want cooperative play. So um, I don't know if you ever heard of Level Eater. It's a small no. like tabletop convention. They have the best epic style I've ever seen. So I'm kind of yoinking a little bit of their idea into this, where it's the tables aren't against each other. They're actually against a common foe. So maybe the foe is so great that one adventuring group isn't going to be enough to defeat it. But if each group does something very specific, um, if they can hit a threshold of hit points or alter the the environment in some way, that might defeat the bad guys. So mm-hmm. we've got 
seven different games for my birthday. And then the next week is the season finale of Sirens. And so, yeah, it's it's a it's Battle of the Bands. <laughs> it actually is Battle of the Bands. In, in epic proportions. <laughs> but it's not wow. just performance. Now, some of them probably will be performing because I know the players. So I know what yeah. they like. And I know that other ones really want to battle. So being able to showcase the different bard subclasses that we have and show them in all the different lights is really important because, you know, there's so many ways to inflict pain upon your opponent. Your players, you mean? <laughs> well, well, opponent. I would say opponent. No, I'm, I'm remembering from couples D and D. Oh, the that's show, the, different. The baby. show that we do on on Zatine's Twitch channel. Where I'm you player. are so busy. Your y'all's Twitch is also great. I'm just throwing that out there. Your Baldur's Gate run. Oh, you do it. Oh, thanks so yeah, much. Yeah, I was watching that just because, like, the whole idea of like, I know I'm going off topic here, but just the whole idea of like, watch you guys do that, and then picking what we like audience interaction. It's awesome. It's, it's so not cool. off topic. This is it, yeah. this is us having fun, which means we're doing it right. So that's yeah. Right. yeah. Well, Jameson, yes. he's like his experience is more like a vampire and um, mage and changeling. So you know he's really learning a lot of D and D through playing Baldur's Gate. And it doesn't matter if you started, you know, yesterday or five years ago, ten or thirty years ago. As long as you're playing and having fun, you're doing it right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Uh, the One of the other things I really wanted to talk about this, because I saw you all sharing some posts on social media, was minis. Oh, okay. yeah. Because I saw, I'm saw i pretty sure I saw a mini of Satine and a mini of Jameson. Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> did you talk about that? Are we at? So are there min- So there's obviously minis involved in this Kickstarter. They look awesome i saw some ones with the mask and i'm a sucker for anything with a mask oh, so oh, you're you, gonna you like, like the, the emerald cabal, the emerald cabal and the Herald then. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the minis then yeah so we're, we're really excited to, to be partnering again with mixed dimensions um they are a fantastic uh, company uh, to work with um i have here <clears throat> for the uh, folks who are just listening they won't be able to see this but these are our minis from the red opera um you can go to the red to check those out or you can go to sirens battle of the bards to check out our, our our sirens minis um they're full color minis um and they're 3d printed with a new they have a new proprietary technology um that allows them to actually print them at a really really reasonable price to be full colored and so uh, in addition, the amount of detail that we're able to have is, is really extraordinary. One of the things that we're incredibly proud of with our, our Sirens Battle of the Bard minis is to be able to actually print in translucent materials. So our, yes. our characters are actually casting magic. So I, I play a character named Vajra, and he's one of the, the primary NPCs within Sirens Battle of the Bards. Obviously, uh, Satine uh, plays uh, Vlanya, uh, who is the uh, arguably the main character of, of Sirens Battle of the Bards. Um, and our characters are both um, spellcasters in their own right, and they have other you know other things too fajra is a huge huge uh, you know great sword as well uh, but to be able to actually show like magic on the actual mini is fantastic and so this translucent effect um is is really cutting edge and we're, we're really proud to be able to offer that to our players yeah it's really awesome the artist we have working on it johnny is like he creates weta and sideshow quality um sculpts and now we're like that's awesome now shrink it really small like <laughs> yes. this. Yeah. And it's been really awesome to be able to work with somebody that we have the option to make these small minis or make, make 16 inches. Yeah. yeah, That's cool. I You mentioned, so the Emerald, the, the Emerald Cabal. So I, I, like I said, I'm a sucker. Like 
Red Hood is my favorite superhero. Nice. I love Deathstroke. Nice. I love the Mandalorian. I yeah. love all that stuff. Throw a helmet or a mask on some somebody. It's great. Oh. All right, can can you tell us then? So what's what's it? Uh, what's with the what's with the mask? Is that a secret? Why are they wearing masks? Well, they have to keep their their true their identity. identity yeah, their secret. identity secret. Yeah. yeah. So, so the Emerald Cabal is like this underground society, um, and you know they're they're a little nefarious. You know, they're not exactly they're not exactly good guys. And so to keep that air of mystique and that allure of people actually wanting to join the Emerald Cabal, as because it is a secret society, they wear these masks. Um, in addition, are 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 kind of. Uh, one of the the villains and again villain is such an interesting idea i love having really just different perspectives and some of those perspectives can be like fiend base where they're maybe taking a warlock pact with a fiend which most people would say is bad but you know you know <laughs> but from my perspective the jedi are evil it just kind of depends yeah. on how you want to look at it i just i saw your star wars shirt so i couldn't help myself all, it's, it's all good <laughs> okay cool thank you um and so um to, to have this mask um enables these characters anonymity and so um, the leader of the emerald cabal his name is emerald no one actually knows who this person is people don't even know this person's gender and so um, emerald is able to really be this puppet master behind the strings and you know emerald may be right there in front of you as one of the emerald cabal members or maybe in an entirely different city and you don't know until you know yeah nice like you mentioned the so the occult super cool you guys like that also secret societies like this is that's awesome so lots of cool secret stuff yeah the so then one of the other things with this kickstarter you all are correct me if i'm wrong but you guys are also partnering with like wormwood uh, level up dice and campaign coins yeah so what can we expect from that Awesome. So uh, I love all of these things. I probably <laughs> yes, have the largest stuff. collection of Wormwood of all my friends. I'd probably I, I, level I up. I verify. It is the most, the most <laughs> dice I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen a lot of dice in my day. I love dice so much. So um, they have a new style of dice vault that they're putting together. So we have a dice vault, master dice vault, and a personal tray. And they come in cherry wood with a wood burn. Or it comes in purple heart with brass inlay, and, and that's of the the the, the Metatron's cube um, uh, uh, design that we'd mentioned earlier. Yeah, and it's a top down view of the Selvata city, so yeah. it's a very unique rendition of Metatron's cube based off of Selvata and the sacred geometry of the city. I love designing things, so it was really awesome to be able to be like, "Honey, what do you think of this idea?" He's like, "Go for it!" And then that's I got to away. make it, and now I'm getting to see my art on top of this master vault is really cool but even cooler i know i was getting there uh even cooler is they've printed salvata in leather on the inside of the dice tray so you can literally roll into the city it's so beautiful the colors are so vibrant um yeah so those are the two different kinds of wormwood with level up we have three different kinds of dice Actually, they're two different kinds. One come in two different formats. So you've got your dice that your polyhedrals, everyone knows and loves. But also we've created these awesome like mini transmutations of barred shapes. So they're barred shaped dice. Very specific. I've never seen it done like this before. It hasn't been. It hasn't been done. Uh, So we worked with Level Up Dice to create these. So the D4 is a loot. The D6 is an askew of books. Uh, the D20 is a microphone, so it's got it's in their very specific unicorn style of dice. So it's uh, tapered at one end and it's long, so you can mic drop your twenty and hopefully yeah. you get a twenty. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then your percentile is an ink pen and an ink well, so that way you know visually and as an artist, um, 
I'm a visual person. I look at a color, I know, oh, I know my D20 is this color, I'm just gonna grab it. Well, now your percentiles are easy to find because you just grab that ink pen and ink well. Uh, we have campaign coins, which also has the uh, the city of Salvata on one side and then the Salvatan coin on the other. But we, you know, we're dungeon masters. We liked everything to be beautiful and functional. So all of these things fit in one another. But if you are a bard and you want to give your friend bardic inspiration, we have a well, like this uh, enamel well on the inside of the coin where you can put your bardic inspiration dice and slide it over to another party member. So you don't forget you have bardic inspiration. So That's cool. all those things you can keep in your master vault. And if you get the master vault and the uh, personal tray, you can have your minis, your dice and your coin all in one little uh, package. I just love the whole idea. You said that one, this it has brass inlay. Yep. Anything Isn't that, that just ha- says brass inlay sounds awesome. With and- purple heart too. It's it's really yeah. more, they're fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speak- oh, if you like brass, uh, so the the dice, our specialty dice, come in this like chalk white with gold lettering or aluminum, but it's like brass colored aluminum. Mm. So it's really it's the amount of detail we're able to get that way is really awesome. Sounds awesome. So yeah. with that all said then, so what are some details then? Like what do we what do we need to know then about the Kickstarter? When does it when does it when does it launch? What are some what are some important things for people to know before they go to the yeah. page? So it officially launches on the twenty second. And so um depending on, on when this interview um, goes live, I think it will probably be be live very like maybe yes. right right now. So I Yeah, think, I know, right? Yeah. So I think go people- back it. Yeah, can can just go go right now to thebardbook.com. Uh, you can check out our tiers. Uh, we've made sure that um, the campaign is easily accessible. So if you you know want to just come in at a low level, you can just get the PDF in our map pack or one of our VTT partners. Or if you want to get um, the hardcover book, you can get that or the special edition book or the limited edition book that has a slip case that's signed by Satine and, and a dungeon master and has a dungeon master <laughs> screen um, and any of our awesome add-ons too, whether it's our dice or campaign coins or mini. Um, and that's yeah. a new thing that Kickstarter did recently. So uh, before, if you wanted an add-on, you'd have to go to Backerkit. But now you can get all these awesome add-ons right on uh, Kickstarter. Right on Kickstarter. Yeah, they made it much easier for folks, which is great for us and you know great for our backers. Yeah. Yeah, that's super new, isn't it? Yeah, like just I think just happened a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that'll be so much easier than trying to do the math and figure out. Oh, I need to do th- add this much money. So then I when Backerkit comes. No, then... it's not. Yeah, we like <laughs> yeah. it much simpler. And that. then when you hit, then when it all, it, and it all carries over into backer kit, and then your cart's all there, and then you just calculate yeah. shipping. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we were really happy when when they did. That. I was like, oh, thank goodness. How many? Yes, we get so many emails, and please continue to email us at Apothea yep. Studios. We love your emails. We get a lot of them, and you can send us more. It's great. Yeah. We, we answer, get them personally. Yeah, yeah. Know? Like I, I get them, and Sarah Erfer, our logistics manager, gets them, and we we respond to everybody, and we we've we've been fielding a lot of questions about add-ons, and so we're really happy to have this. Hopefully, make it easier for our players. Yeah, I mean, make it easier for everyone. Just like the fulfillment. You're all telling us all about these bits. And I'm just like, there's no way I could handle all that. So more power to you all. That's that's awesome. You have a great team working on this. But what before we wrap up, uh, so I'm going to give you each uh, give you each a chance to answer this then. So Satine, you first. Uh, what is is there? What is one other thing that the last thing that you would say before telling somebody to go back this? What is one thing they need to know or should know before going? 
you don't have to be a bard to play this game. You can be a barbarian and play the drums by attacking. We've created mechanics so that everyone is welcome at you, at this table. That is the most important thing to me personally, is that nobody's left out. And there's something in this for absolutely everyone. That's a, that is a very, very good, important point. Like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is, everybody's welcome here. That's great. Uh, Jameson, yourself, what's the, what's the last thing that we, people need to know? Man, you know, I, I think for me, when uh, a lot of times when people think bards, they, they don't necessarily think of epic combat. And I, I really enjoy really epic combat. I'm a martial artist. And so I enjoy, you know, playing kind of this battle mage character, a paladin, uh, sorcerer hybrid. And um, I, I want folks to know that in Selvata, in Siren's Battle of Bards, there's a lot of really, really fascinating and epic combat. And so if, if people are kind of on the fence of like, ah, bards, a bard city, man, I, I'll tell you what, we and our team, we have we have made some really sinister encounters for you guys. You can actually see them right yeah. now. And you can actually play that game right now with our free download. So if you go to Battle of the Bards, if you go to thebardbook.com, you can download our first act for free and you will be run through a very, very, very interesting encounter that has both some performance activities and some really, really epic battles. So I'd say go check it out for yourself. That's, yeah, for sure. That's that's super cool. You guys got that resource available for people to take a look before they head over to the Kickstarter. So awesome. Well, once again, I want to thank you both for coming on the show this is super fun you i can tell you all are passionate about this yeah. you're excited about this project <laughs> and whenever anybody's this excited about their project you know it's gonna be good so yeah absolutely so uh as always let's go ahead and let's get some social media links then where can people find you uh jameson where can people find you online yeah at stone jameson um kind of anywhere that the internet is available at stone jameson um, is, is where you can find me and then also at apotheosisstudios.com or if you're interested in warlocks the red and obviously if you like bards the bardbook.com and then sateen you can find me where you find him also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at Satin Phoenix on everywhere and satinephoenix.com. And also on both of our discords. We do most of our interacting with people on discord and Twitter. So uh, join our Gilding Light discord and Apotheosis Studio discord and come hang out with us. Yeah. And the last thing that I'll add is also on Twitch too. You had mentioned our, our Baldur's oh, Gate. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have couples yes. D&D and then also... Um, Game Master Tips. Yeah, I with, do Game Master Tips Phoenix. on Wednesdays. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. So much back. stuff. So much cool stuff. That's awesome. So uh, definitely go check out the Bard book, everyone. Uh, go check out their Kickstarter. We'll include all those links in the show notes and then on our website. And then, as always, folks, this, is, this has been Tom. And do not forget, if you're having fun, you are doing it right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy. 
or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.